Linda Pinizzato. She's not your typical realtor. She's your real estate counselor, teacher, and advisor. Whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. Hello there, you're listening to Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert. Hope everybody is having a fantastic day outside. I can't believe the weather. It's It's been amazing for the last few days. I'm speaking with Al Carbone, owner and operator of Kit Kat Restaurants. You know, Al, we talked a little bit about the fact of how many counselors do we have and how many do we actually need. I believe that there's a meeting that's coming up. Yeah, there's 44 counselors and uh, the provincial government only has 20, 22 counselors. We could save a lot of money if we only had half of the amount of counselors. Well, it certainly would make a lot of sense, especially when we've got a deficit and we're trying to run a budget and we're trying to find ways to, to curb expending in order for us to maybe, you know, see the end of the tunnel. And especially now, if we have to start fixing infrastructures because of what's just happened, where are we getting all that money from? So maybe it is time to clip the wings of councillors in all of uh, the City of Toronto and maybe even still take a look at it on province-wide. Yeah, no, I think uh, that's a good idea and uh, I'd like to attend this meeting and get more information and maybe by having less councillors, city staff could uh, have proper input. Well, there's another group that uh, was created called the Toronto Taxpayers Coalition. And yep. I know that you've sent me an invitation because there's going to be a debate in Etobicoke uh, this coming Thursday. Right. And it's being moderated by News Talk 1010 host John Tory. That should be an interesting uh, meeting. I and really, people, I would encourage people to go to it. Absolutely. Because, you know, I think the thing is, is that if if we're not getting answers at City Hall, you know, we have to take a look at this and we have to say, okay, fine, where is the problem? And let's try to step in. I'm not talking about a whole bunch of residents and the general public, um, you know, getting ridiculous. I, I'm talking about good conversation, bringing forward good concerns. I mean, I think that when city representatives start to see how concerned people are, they're going to step up and maybe create more communication. You know, I was looking at your uh, Save Restaurant Row, and, you know, it's funny because you've touched on so many different parts here. And I think one thing that I'm thinking about is is that COA doesn't really directly deal all the time with the BIAs, but we have a lot of uh, business improvement area associations like around the city. So are they kind of in this fight as well? They, they should be more involved, let's put it that way. But there's a bylaw that says you cannot oppose city city councils, uh, you can't oppose their, their policies, or you can't oppose the O&B decision. So the, as a BIA, you're really, your hands are tied, and all you can do is buy a bunch of flower baskets and try to make the neighborhood look pretty. But they, they should be doing more than that. So it makes it very difficult for them, because in one sense, they're there to represent the business owners, but in the other sense, the, the, the city, the municipalities, tie their hands. Correct. There's bylaws that you can't oppose their policies. 
Well, what about open for discussion? I mean, can they have group meetings about it? Can they call meetings? Well, that's why they have some uh, residence associations like PEDRA. Some are real and some aren't, you know, who really represents people and who's really talking to them, or even counselors for that matter. Uh, you can't keep everybody happy all the time, Linda, so some counselors favor developers, others might favor a traffic signal. Or, uh, it's difficult, or, or they want to impose restrictions on small businesses that create jobs and the backbone of the economy. So it doesn't make sense to me. When I started COA, my main goal was to really create uh, better governance and accountability with board of directors and try to provide, you know, advocacy and representation for the condo owners. Because I just felt that the Condo Act wasn't protecting condo owners at all. And well, they don't, they don't read the fine print before they buy a, no, they a, don't. a condo. And that fine print is that the building was built cheaply and quickly. It's their problem after they purchase it. I know a lot of balconies are shut down at City Place because they were unsafe. Well, you you experienced firsthand when the TIF building, because they're right across the street from you. Glass started falling uh, yes. across the street and almost killed people. Yeah, I That's mean... That's not the only building. The Trump building, a few other buildings, were losing glass panels. They all had to be replaced. You can't buy cheap materials and sell expensive condom units. Well, you're also looking at long-term uh, longevity. I mean, fine, okay, so someone can come back and say, well, you know, I love my building, it's all glass, I think it's fantastic, we haven't had any problems. Well, yeah, you know, maybe Not the building yet. is two or three years old. Well, let's roll the clock forward and think about, you know, 10, 12 years from now. L Linda, these heritage properties, their heritage is 150 and, and older, 150 years old and older. My property was built in 1856. Other properties were built 1876. Your property is absolutely gorgeous. I it's mean, it is absolutely the whole gorgeous. Block characters. It's designated, mm -hmm. and they, I can't see how they alter it with the heritage, getting away with it. Well, There's a little row of uh, condos on Whitmer Street, the last Victorian houses in a row. That's going to be demolished for another 40-story condo. 50-story condo, whatever it is. Well, there's no question that uh, people really need to stand up now and uh, and pay attention to this because it's not getting better, it's getting downright worse. Yeah, very worse. Yeah. You know, well, if anybody uh, draw attention to, if they go to the com site or they go to com site, we provide a ton of information what to look for on these contracts because, as Al said, is that there's a lot of, um, you know, small print that nobody really knows and certainly nobody understands. So, so you see, so actually, if you look at the whole thing, we have a heritage, you know, tearing down beautiful heritage buildings. We have infrastructure problems now, as it's been identified, obviously, not only with the sewer systems, with but the uh, hydroelectrical hydro power through the city. The transit system, you know, over congestion with gridlocks all over the place. We're going to have obviously no, no question. Yeah, absolutely no parking. You know, we aren't able to get comfortably, for instance, from Liberty Village, unless there's a, a direct public transit system immediately, you know, within, say, five-minute walking distance. Even then, you're still going to have a problem because they're gridlocked as well. 
you know, the future does not look great. It really seriously doesn't. If, if the politicians are not doing it right, then why aren't people stepping forward and making their comments? That's what I just don't understand. You can provide your comments. You can also provide support with donations to save Restaurant Row. So please take a look at uh, Alcott Bones Initiatives and it's uh, saverestaurantrow.com. You know, Al, I think that that's why we have so much in common from the time we met. We're both on the same page. And I mean, even the supporters that we both have. Uh, and I have to thank you for including Co on your website as well. We've linked it on ours. You're welcome. As I was mentioning earlier on the real estate side, I mean, you know, I can see the, the future in the sense of, you know, they say that you can learn from the past, bring it to the present and try to do better for the future. But it doesn't seem like that philosophy is out there when you're talking about municipal and provincial decisions. No, for sure. I know. It's a tough situation we're in and people should get involved in uh, voting when it comes to election time and understand what the problems are and who's standing up for what. Well, are you finding that with the new construction, I mean, another side too is just directly behind you. You've got that site now on, on Mercer Street, and the dust and the noise. I mean, how are you dealing with that? Well, we're, we're doing the best we can, and the worst part of that is when the condo project's finished, we survived with sunlight, and now the sunlight will disappear, so we'll have to adjust, I guess. Well, that's true, too, because you have like a, a open... You have an atrium, exactly. Yeah, and it was, uh, you know, people come in, and it was uh, bright, and it was nice and sunny uh, daylight, natural light, instead of uh, other lights, right? Right, well, exactly, because it's just south of you, and I think that there was a, a huge problem, too, with just even the laneway. Like, you know what I find the most? I find that, you know, I actually had, I was in a personal meeting with Adam Vaughn with respect to a condominium in the neighborhood, and honestly, I really have problems when I'm talking to somebody and it seems like they are absolutely not listening. And no sooner did we have a discussion with him about closing laneways and, and preventing traffic flows from laneways coming in from Mercer Street over to John Street. No sooner did we have that discussion that he ended up, Mercer Street was closed, our owners could not access out, so we actually had to write a letter to the East York Council, we wrote it to the mayor, we wrote it to planning, building, because that was not part of the deal. But it doesn't seem as whatever it is that you have with your meetings, it doesn't matter. It's not going to happen anyway. They just go ahead and do whatever they want. That's the bottom line. Like some, sometimes our efforts are just a waste. And I think that's one of the reasons why people don't get more involved is uh, playing uh, charades. So the bottom line is, is that if you try and step forward, you want to express your concern, you want to help out, and you have support, and it still doesn't work. Exactly. And you think you're actually making some degree of headway, but then you're just shutting down. They're just shutting you down. Then I guess you're losing your interest in pulling back. Yeah, but, you know, there is strength in numbers, Al. Well, we, we need more people getting together. Well, that's the key point. That's the bottom line. How do you do that? People have busy lives, and sometimes they don't have. Uh, it's not convenient to go to a meeting at 6.30 or... There's uh, 50 meetings, and how do, you, how do you go to all of them? You have a life, you have a family, you have a business. You can't stay on top of it. And some of these meetings are in 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I no, had one about a month ago. They're scheduled when 
people are working. Exactly. For a reason or having dinner. Well, there should be a bylaw put through that prevents any municipality from having any meeting that's geared and open to the public during working hours. It should be strictly available after hours or maybe make it on a weekend, but make it accessible and don't expect people to leave their their paying jobs in order for them to come back and see what it is that cities are doing, considering that it's the paying job that's giving their income and their income is what's supporting the the uh, income of the local representatives. Really? Isn't we that the case? Taxes. We yeah. pay taxes. That's <laughs> the bottom line. And we should get some service. Like these meetings and community meetings, they should be uh, videotaped. So they have access on a website or something. Well, absolutely. With modern technology, then people can see it afterwards. It should be all documented and recorded. I've never paid it. I've never really looked at that. So you're saying that a lot of these uh, type of planning meetings and so on that are open to the public are not anywhere you have to attend. You cannot see them anywhere else. That's right. And then you you can see what people say at a meeting and what they do behind the policies or what what their voting records are. Don't tell a crowd one thing and do something else. So now we're talking about more transparency and coming from city council. That's correct. Community council, city council. Well, on the community council, so is like that's something that we'll have to take a really strong look at. So in other words, the Toronto East York Council can have a meeting that is open to the public, but they do not have it recorded a video recording that people can well, actually go to. Well, they have one to. recorded at community council at City Hall. But if they step out to the community, like a metro hall oh. or a community center, those are not recorded. Those are not recorded. Well, uh, you know what? Obviously, there should be a bylaw that they have to be recorded. They're not the that expensive. The same as the community council at City Hall. Well, exactly. And that pe- well, people can stay on top of things if so they desire to. And if they can't leave work in order to go and view one of these meetings firsthand, correct? Uh, you, you know, Linda, sometimes all these meetings at community council, they're numbered. So they're not really telling you the issue, or you can't understand it because you don't know the address of a place, you don't know, there's not too much detail. Okay, so... And, and, and you know, they're voting on, on something that's a numbered item. You know, approved... Uh, adopted or uh, amended mm-hmm. so you know amended to what? what 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 happened here you made a deal you deferred it so the guy loses a patio for the summer and nobody and, could and reference it you adopt it. one patio mm-hmm. and you you deny another there isn't a fair uh, it's not a fair playing field I think that if they're, they have to put some kind of a reference page to the numbers or they have well, to there, forget there the is, numbers and like put a, the topic. It's a Bible and you really? don't know where to search for it. You, you get there at nine o'clock and you're there till six o'clock and, and then nothing happens. Oh, I've had that happen. You know, you sit there mm-hmm. all day long. That's why people don't want to go to city community meetings. Because they don't know when the actual subject is going to come to the table. But they already know. They have an agenda. I mean, they do have an agenda event, so they should Sometimes typically... Sometimes they don't follow it, or they'll defer it to the end, or, or they'll deal with it the next meeting. You don't know until you sit all, sit there for all day long. 
Right. And as you said, people can't just lose an entire day of work to go and find out what's going yeah. on in their neighborhood, which they but have every right to know. We, we expect people to do the right thing. And is that happening? I don't know. Or who's it happening for? Or who's benefiting by it? You know, Al, a lot of people, they express concerns around the community with respect to buildings being too tall, a lack of creative design, lack of amenities for dogs, and certainly a lack of green space. So these are important concerns. You know, getting away from the visitors parking and, and personal parking and bikes and so on. But, you know, I mean, I think that if, if the city, considering the city is operating the way that they do, and they've got these meetings that are out there at community venues, and unless you're there and you can't actually find out about it if you, for whatever reason, can't leave your jobs in order to go to these meetings, I think that we need a lot more transparency on these decisions and certainly more transparency on the process. You've brought forward a, an extremely important comment, and I think that uh, I welcome residents out there in general just to please uh, email me linda at linda pinizzato p-i-n-i-z-z-o-t-t-o dot com this is really important you know al i really appreciate you coming on the show today you've just provided so much invaluable information and i think that you know we certainly i look forward to working with you more with trying to help. I mean, that's what this is all about. It, it's not, it's funny because you hear about the word, you know, advocacy, and then you hear lobbying. Funny enough, you know, sometimes you, you can look at the two and say, okay, so why did everybody step forward? Why do people step forward and do this? Because they have a passion for it? Or do they really have the passion because they feel that they really want to contribute to make a difference? That's all it is. They want to help and make a change. And, and to bring that change further, <clears throat> you have to hire a lawyer, you have to hire a planner. The system set up where it costs a lot of money to defend it and to speak up. That's a major problem where people can't afford it. I've been paying thousands of dollars. I know, Linda. I know you have. It's cost you a lot of money. It's not... Time and money. Well, the time is the other thing. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure that you have a lot of respect out there for doing it, but you do need support. So I do welcome all the listeners to please support saverestaurantrow.com. Uh, there is a donation section in the website. And certainly uh, drop by and visit Al Carbone over at Kit Kat Restaurant. Now, what number are you there? You're 297. Oh, 297 King Street, and West. which is just uh, east of uh, Blue Jays so Way. Southwest corner of King and John. Exactly, yeah. Well, it's just such a beautiful venue. And I want to make a mention, too, TEDRA. I mean, the Toronto Entertainment District Residents Association was formed not too long ago, and they need support as well because they're on board. So Save Restaurant Row is actually got supporters from the Toronto Entertainment District Residents Association, from COA Toronto, COA Ontario. We need people in the area, whether or not you're condo owners or residents or even if you're there for four months of the year whatever the case may be if you're business owners please lend support to al carbone and let's try and see if we can make a difference and certainly you know we touched on so many topics today al we yes, really did a lot going on i think we need a shout out to our local media too to uh do a little bit more research on the situation of the flood and our infrastructure yeah, i'm going to do my best with that too 
Yeah, that's definitely something to think about because it's just, you know, sometimes when you get deja vu, yes, and you just know there's a connection there. Yeah, exactly. You you know what we didn't talk about, Linda? What's Was that? banning cars on King Street. Oh, that's true. We didn't talk about them wanting to experiment on King Street, no cars. That's true. Or taking cars off that main drag. They were fussing around with that a couple of weeks ago, talking about which street they want to pick out of the hat to decide on they, shutting they want down. To keep cars off of King Street. Uh-huh. That's impossible. Where are they going to go? There's good luck on every street. You know, when people drive in the city, if it's a rainstorm or some construction or an accident, all the other streets get jam-packed and people can't move. And, and the signal lights, the, the, that would be the first step, I would say, to fix the signal lights to go and to stop properly at, at proper intersections. And you know what I hate the most? When a streetcar can block an intersection because he's trying to get through a green light, he can see ahead he's not going anywhere. And they take up the whole intersection in the middle of it. Well, I think if a car does that, then a police officer is close by. They should we get can, a ticket. Yeah, exactly. We get a ticket. So and why the is it that they don't? the taller up. They're sitting higher up. And mm-hmm. they can see exactly what, you know, there's no courtesy out there anymore. And pedestrians, they don't give vehicles a chance to make a right-hand turn or a left-hand turn, whatever the case is, or or to get out of the intersection. If a car's stuck and he thought he was going to make it, all of a sudden he's in the middle of an intersection, pedestrians won't let him through or the vehicle through. So, you know, I would consider lights being a self-governed, uh, yes. self-governed in the sense of courteous mm-hmm. to other drivers and self-governed about the well, pedestrians. Well, there's a pattern on the way right. in and on the way out. Mm-hmm. And there's a pattern going west. And there's a pattern going east or north and south. And and the highest flow of traffic should have the right of way. Like not one red light, one green light, one red, one green. It should be consistently green. And and, and the worst part is you're bottlenecked on getting on Spadina, getting onto the gardener. Well, you know what's interesting is this I'll throw one quick comment out there. You know, down in Vegas Okay, with so much traffic going on, they just created a pedestrian pass to overpass. Yeah. To get from one side of the street to the other. So maybe what they need to do is create an overpass so that people don't need to cross the streets, and that could keep the flow of traffic flowing. Or like Chicago, they have the loop above ground. Exactly. Exactly. they got to think out of the box and not try to, you know, target uh, people with vehicles. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Thank you again, Al. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. I'm sure we will stay in touch. Al Carbone of Kit Kat Restaurant. He is the owner-operator, and he is the founder of SaveRestaurantRow.com website. Please offer their support. Get on board. Help. It's been a pleasure. This is Linda Pinizzato here at the Condo Expert and powered by the Hayes FM. Have a fantastic day. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Al. Linda Pinizzato. She's not your typical realtor. She's your real estate counselor, teacher, and advisor. Whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you... 
have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com.